everyone, and welcome to the Omega Metroid Podcast. My name is Andy Spateri, and as always, I'm joined by Dakota Lasky. Dak, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, Andy. How are you? Couldn't be better. Uh, we've also got a very special guest on this week's show. You know him as the webmaster of the Metroid Database, Ryan. What is going on? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Hey, of course, anytime. We're we're glad to uh, to have someone with uh, some credibility and some expertise on this show <laughs> to kind of counteract Dak and I just baselessly guessing and talking about Metroid. So <laughs> glad to have you here. Yeah, yeah, very glad to be here. Um, I have really enjoyed all your episodes so far. I've listened to every single one of them. So very excited to uh, talk to you guys. Hey, and and I really appreciate that. And of course, uh, you know, we we say it every episode, but I, we might as well just get it out of the way right now. Uh, we appreciate, of course, all the uh, all the love that the database has given uh, our show. Um, I, I'm assuming anyone listening to this show knows, but if you don't, Metroid Database has been around for, good God, like 20, 20 plus, well, maybe not 20 years, 16 years. Does that sound right? No, uh, it's 24. Is it? Tw- wow, is it 24? Yeah, 96, uh, 96, yeah. I don't know why. I always kind of remember, uh, because I found Metroid Database in 2002. So in my mind, that's the date for Metroid Database. But it's it's been around even longer than that. Um, Mm -hmm. One of the shows that I actually have written down uh, for for future episodes, somewhere down the pipe, where we're going to get Ryan back, is to do like an in-depth history of that website. Because to me, it's just uh, really, really fascinating. But uh, nevertheless, we'll save that for later. Um, Thank you again for joining us. Uh, well, and happy Easter pleasure. to everybody listening, uh, everybody that celebrates. Hope that you are staying safe and doing well and having uh, as, as good of a holiday as possibly you can under these uh, strange circumstances. We, of course, are here to distract you from the world for uh, for an hour or however long uh, we get going today here to talk about some Metroids. So buckle in because we have some cool topics to get into today. But first, uh, I just wanted to go ahead and say that uh, Omega Metroid on Twitter, at Omega Metroid Pod, we put out a little challenge saying if we can get to 100 followers by the end of the week, we will uh, release a bonus episode ask, answering any and all questions about the Metroid series. And Dak, we hit it. Yes. So really, really cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm um, excited. So I'm excited too. And the next step, all you guys listening to this, Tweet at us at Omega Metroid Pod and ask us a question about Metroid. It can be serious, it can be silly, it can be about Prime 4, Super Metroid, games that never happened, rumors, movies, anything at all. Ask us a question about Metroid and we are going to, we're going to put it all on the line and we are going to answer it. That being said, gentlemen, what do you say that we get into today's topic, which is something that I find really, really interesting, and that is Metroid's status as a super franchise with nintendo or perhaps lack thereof um it feels like nintendo's biggest franchises are obviously the marios the zeldas the pokemons the donkey kongs and somewhere below that is metroid and i don't mean in terms of quality i just mean in terms of of sales and perhaps how it's perceived by nintendo itself so i wanted to talk to you guys today about uh that perception and really asking the million dollar question here did nintendo miss its opportunity to make metroid into a one of those mega franchises or is there still time for that so really quickly before we dive in um ryan you're probably in a better position than most to to kind of judge the history of metroid and nintendo and stuff like that what are what's your like really quick take before we really dive into in this question in long form <laughs> uh well, I mean, I'm gonna—I I will admit—I'm gonna try my best to uh, not be overly negative <laughs> when when talking about this, uh, because—and one of the reasons I actually picked this subject was—it's—it's it's a bit of a sore spot for me. Um, I think Nintendo has dropped the ball several times um, and continues to do so, and I've—I've I've talked about it at great length with people, um, especially on our forums. But um, I, I really, uh, over the years, it's just like they keep trying, they keep trying, and they keep trying. They make these new games, but they, they forget to do something. You know, it, it's always just like they make these great, amazing games and they drop all this money. But then there's just one thing that they forget to do, 
and it just ruins everything and then they don't get as much sales so it's strange but i feel like um, I mean, spoiler alert, my opinion, uh, Metroid is always going to be a niche series, no matter what, till the day I die. It'll always be niche. And that can be good and that can be bad. But, uh, you know, we can we can talk more about that. Um, I That's basically how I feel about it. I, I kind of agree. And I, I think that there are some key moments in history where Nintendo could have made metroid a bigger series that we'll get into that uh i I feel like just didn't really happen uh quickly dak what are your thoughts about this you know there are certainly times when i felt that metroid could have really like been like the next killer app for a system for nintendo and certainly those times have passed and you know kind of come and gone and that hasn't happened I do disagree. I think Metroid could be not niche in the future. I do think that there is always potential for that. But yeah, I I, have to, I think we're all kind of the general consensus is is something that I'm on board with is that, yeah, Nintendo's dropped the ball a bunch of times. They've kind of let opportunity slip through their fingers in terms of making Metroid a lot larger in the public eye, a more uh, appealing product to buy, and having more significance in popular culture. Um, I again, I don't necessarily think that it's necessarily you know it's a bad thing. You know, being niche is not always awful. But yeah, they've definitely dropped the ball. And but I do think that it could be, you know expand past that niche kind of identity it has. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, it's weird because it's kind of stuck in this weird spot where like it's not this cult classic like your Earthbounds or maybe even you could say like a Kid Icarus or something like that. But it's also like it's. It's not big enough where it's like lots of people are talking about Metroid. You know, there's a, there's a very passionate, hardcore audience that's into this game and the series. And uh, it's it's just kind of, it's too bad. Actually, I have a weird kind of analogy here. Do you guys ever watch Breaking Bad? Oh, yeah, of course. All right, so there is a scene where one of the characters in Breaking Bad, his name is Mike Ermintrout. He's talking to Walter about taking a half measure. And in my mind... Nintendo takes half measures with Metroid. They they always consistently, well, maybe not always consistently, but usually they pump out these quality games, but then something's missing if it's the marketing, if it's the follow-up, if it's something. And it's like you've, you've taken this measure of like kind of pumping out this title and it's really great, but then you're kind of forgetting about it. And I think that's because Nintendo just truly doesn't understand what the appeal of Metroid is. Like it doesn't have cutesy characters it doesn't have like it doesn't have the typical kind of intangible that a lot of nintendo's other big series have and i i think that that is you know why nintendo nintendo and metroid are stuck in this place where it's like it's kind of big but it's kind of not and it it's, it's like start stop start stop um i've identified three points in history to me that were just like moments where you could have made metroid a really big deal but then you didn't. And so I'm going to take this away and tell me what you guys think here. I think the first point in history was the late NES era and the early SNES era. Um, People talk about Metroid games not really selling that well, but Metroid on the NES actually sold pretty decently well, just under 3 million units. I think that perhaps if Metroid 2 was on the NES as an NES sequel, there was also another game for the Game Boy and kind of the, the last part of that perfect storm, if Super Metroid didn't release so late in the SNES's life cycle, you could have really pushed that up to be on more of like a Zelda level. You know what I mean? Mm, somewhat, somewhat. Um, I think the, uh, the timing aspect is 100% correct. There's like, there's just been this, this very strange, rocky timing um, with the release of each new Metroid game for whatever reason. Um, but a lot of times I do think that Nintendo, they make Metroids to sell consoles, you know? Um, the, the first Metroid game, I don't think the first Metroid game sold that well at all. Uh, and to this day, a lot of people, they just don't like it. You know, they don't want to even bother playing it. Um, and that was actually one of the reasons I made my hack, but I'll set that aside for later. Uh, I think 
like when it comes to Metroid 2, we have to think uh, that as well was kind of a way to push consoles. You know, that was a uh, uh, creation of uh, Gunpei Yokoi. And, you know, he wanted to get Metroid on the system because he helped make the first game, I think. Right? Or maybe not. I believe so, yeah. Is his name credit? I think his name is in the credits of the first one. But anyway, like, he wanted to he wanted to get Metroid 2 on the Game Boy. So then, you know, we we have this this timing thing where after the, it came out on the Game Boy, and again, it probably didn't do too well then, um, there was a timing between when Metroid 2 came out and then Super, and pe- people, again, weren't really all in for Metroid at that point, unfortunately. And Nintendo didn't market it yet again and that is that is actually one of the biggest problems is their marketing so if you want to set that aside and we could talk about marketing later or however you want to go about it but i do think there's just been this terrible terrible lack of marketing a proper way to market the game and it's just exactly what you said they don't know what to do with it it's just like lost on them i don't understand it (laughs) No, that's 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 a good point because I think you know when you look at it from you know a Japanese perspective, what makes Metroid what it is isn't really popular over in Japan. Like the it's based on an American movie. Uh, then like Metroid Prime comes out very later, and they're not really big on FPS games. So I think too like maybe Nintendo of Japan never really knew what to do with Metroid. Like they like. The Japanese audiences maybe weren't didn't cling onto it like hugely. They could have played other similar games on those consoles, maybe like a Kid Icarus, or just go right to Zelda or Mario. I also, yeah, I think the timing point is really significant because if you're trying to be a Metroid fan from the very beginning, arguably Metroid really doesn't start to get like solid until Super Metroid, and there are the weird timings on games. Super Metroid comes out late in the SNES's lifetime and before that you only had two games to play that's if you had an NES and a Game Boy at the time um you know that it's interesting you guys bring that up because I didn't you know I wasn't a Metroid fan until really Metroid Prime and Metroid Fusion then so when I got into Metroid there were a lot of games coming out they're all pretty quality games I didn't have to wait very long for a new Metroid game after I got into Metroid Prime and Fusion Metroid Prime Mm -hmm. 2 came out pretty quickly after Zero Mission came out three years later Um, You know, Hunters came out, Pinball came out, and the rest of Prime series came out. There were a lot of games you could play, and they were all pretty solid to great games. So to be a Metroid fan from that perspective is pretty wildly different from maybe starting at the beginning or Metroid 2 or Super Metroid. So it's interesting to hear that stuff because, yeah, it's kind of hard and almost desperate to be a Metroid fan from the very beginning because it's very inconsistent in terms of how the games come out, the quality of the games, where they come out on, the timing of them, how they're pushed, how they're not pushed. Um, Whereas if you got into it a little bit later, you would really have no idea except, oh, Metroid didn't come out in the N64. Yep, yep. That was another reason, like... The only instance of Samus we got on this 64 was Smash Brothers. And there's still, you know, there's a lot of people to this day that are like, oh, I didn't even know who Samus was until Smash Brothers, yep. right? That was, that Both was of me, us. yeah. Yep. I mean, I didn't know anything about I got into Metroid, I was like, oh, this is a cool character. I'll play that. Right, play that. right. Yep. It's that crazy robot that yeah. shoots missiles, you know? <laughs> exactly. Uh, and, you know, I was going to, like, I was going to put that down and say, like, obviously... Obviously, more games equals more exposure equals more. So I didn't really narrow in on that. But sitting out with the N64 era certainly did not help Metroid. Because um, oh, you look at, all. I mean, you look at Kirby, it got a couple games. You look at Zelda, it got a couple games. You look at Mario, it got, you know, the big game and then a bunch of spinoffs. Like, all of Nintendo's heavy hitters were there, except Metroid, who was sitting out on the sidelines. And, like, I kind of understand where nintendo says they didn't know how to do 3d metroid yet and they didn't want to disappoint fans but i mean like also at the same time we had castlevania symphony of the night which was like this spectacular 2d game that's still to this day like just lauded as as one of the greatest platformers of our age and like you could have done that you know what i mean like you could have done something like that if you truly had no idea and i think that there was like I don't know, maybe a stigma at that time against 2D games, but I that definitely didn't help. Yeah, there definitely was. It was uh, 
it was 2D was considered just old and dated. And unfortunately, that that goes all the way back to like um, fighting games, you know, and there's actually, you know, real marketing data where you can look at fighting games and you can look at the the 2D like Street Fighter fighting games and see how they they lost a significant part portion of their market share because they were still 2D and everyone would look at those games and they're like, oh, haha, it looks so old. When, you know, this new fangled 3D was on the market wowing everybody um, and people were kind of gravitating towards that instead. And I think they just didn't want to take that risk. And as you, as you just stated, there's like hardly any uh, 2D on the 64 at all. And it's, it's kind of sad. I think because I think the N64 could handle it. Like we got Yoshi's Story, right? And we got like I, uh, say, I, I love Yoshi's Story. That's a great that 2D game. game. Right. And it's and we got Mischief Makers, I think. I mean, do you want to consider that 2D? It's it's basically a 2D game. So, there's just not that many. There's yeah. I, I mean, what are some other 2D games on the N64? Anything? I think Kirby 64. <laughs> okay, I mean, it's 2.5D, but it's 2D gameplay. And and the frame rate's terrible, of course, but I don't know. I guess you could consider that 2D. And did they even want to go that route? Like, if, if, um, if Metroid was on the 64, would they have wanted to do 2.5D? I feel like they couldn't have. There was probably too much there that they wanted to make happen especially considered how bad n64 games looked especially with texture mapping uh that they couldn't really realize their vision if they wanted to do a full 3d game and i guess like my my thing is like did they even have a vision for metroid on the 64 that that seriously you know what i mean um but i'd like i don't want to i don't want to focus on that i think all, all of us know that like like obviously, obviously that big gap between Super Metroid and Metroid Prime hurt Metroid, and just as well as the gap between other M and you know really Prime Four. You have you have the the couple games in between, but like I think that gap is really hurting right now. I the second key point that I focus on when I'm thinking of Nintendo squandering an opportunity to make Metroid into a mega franchise is around 2000 and three and maybe 2002 so metroid prime has just come out metroid fusion has just come out i remember going to see a movie in the year 2002 and like the metroid prime trailer played in the theaters it was awesome there was that wicked live action like commercial that they shot it was so awesome it looked like a big deal and it was the first time and the only time really i think that nintendo has ever positioned metroid as like a really big deal and accordingly, Metroid Prime sold really well on what was at the time Nintendo's worst-selling system by far, ever. And, like, even today, the GameCube, I think it, the only thing that sold worse than the GameCube is, like, the Wii U. How about the Virtual Boy, man? <laughs> oh, God, can you just imagine what Metroid Virtual Boy would have looked like? <laughs> Good God. Uh, I guess it, I, we'll throw the CDI in there, too, actually. That thing didn't do too hot. Um but, like, so my point is, so Metroid was riding really high at that time, and then it just, like, died, fell off a cliff. Like, Metroid Prime 2, Metroid Prime Hunters, Metroid Prime Pinball, all of these kind of came out in succession after that. But, like, it was completely dead. Like, no marketing, no nothing. It was like, okay, like, you know, we have momentum on our side. What's going on? And the Metroid Prime 2 commercial is, like, this goofy commercial where, like, this couple's in counseling because he's addicted to Prime 2, and it's like, what is this? Like, it's completely not... You know what I mean? It just missed the mark. Like, Oh, totally. wait a minute. You're talking about the Canadian version, aren't you? <laughs> I was going to say, I've never heard of that <laughs> Well, commercial. I mean, I would be. <laughs> yeah, ours it's, was just this, oh, this woman walking through an alley. Yeah. It's a woman walking through an alley, and then she, like, points, and, like, the, the, the suit, like, forms around her. And it's cool to watch, but it's like... How is that going to get your your uh, demographics attention? I mean, obviously, you're you're again dropping the ball. You're not getting your your demographics attention by making something like this. Mm. You need to do epic. You need to. I mean, 
I hate to bring this up, and you know it was going to happen anyway, but Halo. Like, Halo is is marketed, was marketed so perfectly because they right. knew and they understood their demographic. And they continuously understood their demographic and they marketed towards that. And it was wildly successful. And they continue to do it, you know? So it's just, they... They, obviously, Halo was their biggest competition during the Prime 2 era, and and Halo destroyed it. You know, they completely destroyed Prime, and no one really cared. Or Prime 2, right? Prime 1 wasn't really competing with Halo, I would say. Because why else would they put multiplayer in the game, you know? Uh, you know what, Ryan? Let's hear your opinion on something, because Dak and I have kind of differed on this in the past. Um so I, when I think of Metroid Prime, I don't think of a first-person shooter. I think of uh, a explore, an exploration game that's like just happens to be from the first-person perspective, kind of like Skyrim or like Bioshock Infinite or so, like something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Bioshock Infinite is FPS game. <laughs> okay, maybe that was a, maybe that was a bad example. Um, Dak, you, you obviously kind of lean more towards like you know you play from a first person perspective. It's a first person shooter, right? You you have a gun in your hand. You're a first person. You're shooting it. it is a first person shooter. Right. Where do you fall on that uh, that kind of balance in between? Like, is this a first person shooter or not? <laughs> well, first off, I'm going to say it doesn't matter. But that's true. That's that's the real answer. <laughs> mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. But I I would lean towards more of calling it what it is which is exploration adventure first and shooting second and even though there are a lot of shooting elements in it there's shooting elements in uh in super and all the other previous metroid games right but it's not the focus and i would say in my opinion when you're going to call something a first person shooter that shooting would be the focus and not like exploration adventure getting items uh, you know, finding your way around the map properly. You know, that's that's basically how I see it. I I bring that up only, and not to start an argument with you, Dak. I love you, buddy. But <laughs> I only I bring that up because in my esti- or like in my opinion, when Prime Two was coming out, Nintendo lost sight of that. They're just like, yeah, this is a first person shooter, so like we're gonna market it as a first person shooter, and it's it like kind of like you said, it's gonna take down Halo, and it's gonna be. Like it's this it's this alien shooter thing, and they didn't play to any of Metroid Prime's strengths. So like after two thousand and two, like when Metroid Prime came out and it was successful, that's the time. Like man, you gotta pull that trigger. Like promote Metroid Prime too. Like you have the Metroid merchandise coming out. You have the yeah. you know you give it the push. Um, they did. I have a couple series that I've jotted down here that I feel like Nintendo has given the push to. And one of them is Animal Crossing, which came out kind of around the same time as Metroid Prime. That series got and continues to get the push, and now it's like a mega franchise. Yeah, for sure. They just they don't want to make merch for Metroid. I mean, this if do you want to go down that route? Because I have a lot to say about well, hold on. <laughs> the, the lack of merch. Okay, yeah, yeah we gotta, can wait. I gotta jump in real quick, because we just went over a lot. Um, first... I remember that Metroid Prime 2 Echoes commercial. I thought that commercial as a kid was awesome. Uh, yeah, I think they should have... You're talking about the American The one, American right? version with the girl working okay, through yeah, the all alley. <laughs> I always thought that was cool. I, I don't know. But I, that was, but <laughs> yeah, I was, I was a 10-year-old, so whatever. But, um, <laughs> you know, yeah, I, I never... I always... I never understood why they didn't go the Halo route with Metroid because I was like, people want sci-fi FPS games on their consoles, clearly. Halo 2 at the time was the biggest selling entertainment product like ever when it came out. I didn't understand why they didn't go even further with the FPS stuff. Like try to show it as like, oh, you want Halo, but you have a Nintendo console, you should be buying Metroid. And they never went to that huge scale and make it seem like this huge, crazy adventure. Because I love Metroid Prime 2 and I love like the angle they went with it and how it's really dark and very, you know, moody in that kind of way and atmospheric like Metroid Prime is known for. But at the same time, you, they still could have really ramped up how they presented the games to the general audience. And I never understood why they didn't, like, strike when the iron was hot. Like, people clearly wanted Halo. They wanted that kind of game. And they didn't go full force into it. 
I wish they had because Metroid, that's like, that is the peak time Metroid could have taken off right there is that Metroid Prime, Metroid Prime 2 time when Halo was really popular because all they had to do was just siphon off the Halo hype. They were never going to beat Halo. They just weren't because they're not going to beat Microsoft and they're not going to beat like the just the the rock music and and the, the crazy adventure of Halo, but they could have siphoned off a lot of that hype into Metroid and they really did kind of miss that and I, I hated that because I was a huge Halo fan and a Metroid Prime fan growing up. So I played both games, and I remember playing, like, the Metroid Prime 2 Echoes multiplayer, which, you know, was fun for five minutes, but it was, you know, pretty, like, half-baked Metroid, you know, like, multiplayer version of Metroid that if you've played any kind of FPS game, you know that it's not very good. But as a Metroid fan, you might be like, oh, this is kind of cool. They could have done so much more, and I think it, it comes back to that, like, Nintendo sees themselves not in competition with other, like, video game developers or publishers they kind of do their own thing and if they see someone being successful in their own way nintendo is going to look at it and not be like how can we do this uh the same thing they're going to look at how can we do something differently how can we take this and do something differently and unfortunately i feel like that means they miss out on so many opportunities to just give people what they want (laughs) clearly people wanted this specific type of game that they could have made Uh, or at least advertise it in that kind of way and really just dump a ton of money into it because people like this kind of stuff and they still do to this day so yeah i think that is the major the biggest time in metroid's history right there in that early 2000s time when halo was big when metroid was big when like firefly was big or whatever all those kinds of properties in popular culture where sci-fi is is getting bigger and, and fps games are growing on consoles at the same time that's why halo was big metroid could have been that too and unfortunately it wasn't but i like that commercial <laughs> that commercial is like pretty sweet. I, I agree. The multiplayer was was pretty half baked. Like I wasn't a big like FPS multiplayer fan um, back in and around that time. And even I could tell like ah yeah, this kind of sucks. <laughs> this isn't very good. And, and also, Metroid Prime is definitely an FPS because you can't even advance through the game without shooting. You have to shoot doors. So if you don't shoot, you can't win. So as far as I'm concerned, you got it. You have it's <laughs> yeah, a first yeah, person yeah. shooter. Sit down over there. <laughs> So. <laughs> so so that shooting aspect of shooting doors uh what would you rather like interact with the doors how, how would you rather oh do i'd rather like... not have to do that i wasn't being entirely serious but you know oh, okay I, I do think that uh you know because you're saying like you got to explore the game and stuff but technically you can't explore unless you shoot how the game is made but you know that's we can go on and on about whether or not that's necessary yeah. at the end of the day it doesn't really matter but i do think that if nintendo had like a better idea of what metroid's identity is is it an fps is it not like and really go in one direction right and and commit to it and not kind of be on the fence i think that's why we got the outcome that we did because halo and microsoft and bungie they knew what halo was it was supposed to be and always supposed to be and i don't think nintendo was a hundred percent always sure even metroid prime itself initially was an experiment and even after a successful you know how many times did they think they were going to have lightning in a bottle? So I think they were always kind of on edge with that, and I wish they weren't. If they just put the pedal to the metal, people would have gave them those dollars. Hmm. Well, that, you that's know, that's an eloquent way to put it. Yeah. Um, Prime doesn't have any waves of enemies, as far as I can remember. There's like, there's no waves. So maybe, maybe waves of enemies is the defining characteristic of an hmm. FPS. There's there's parts where you come up to enemies and there's there's rooms that have many enemies in them, but there's no like waves. You know what I mean? I guess, but there are a lot of other FPS games that don't have waves either, though. I uh, that that is true. Uh, I'm gonna kind of back up what both of you were saying here. To me, sure. the defining factor of an FPS is ammo, actually. So when Metroid Prime 2 came out and uses ammo, to me, I'm just like, this feels very much like a first-person shooter, far more so than any other game in the Metroid Prime series, with the exception of maybe Prime and Federation Force, which we, or I mean, I'm sorry, Hunters and Federation Force, which we will definitely get into. Um, but to to back up what you're saying, Dak, it's like, it's like, okay, we're using ammo, there's this half-baked multiplayer, like, is this an FPS or is this not? Like, is this... <laughs> Is this an adventure game or is this like uh like how are we gonna market this thing? And they never figured it out and they'd really dropped the ball. So like that period from like after Metroid Prime came out where it had all this momentum to the point where Prime 2 came out and they just died. It and it was crazy because it was like it was almost like Nintendo was like, 
you know what, I'm really disappointed in how well Metroid Prime sold, even though it sold the most units of any Metroid game in the series, and it was, I think it's the seventh highest selling game on the GameCube, um, behind only like your big hitters, like Smash Bros and Mario Kart. And Wait, is this like, Prime 1 or Prime 2? Pr- Prime 1, yeah, Prime 1. The GOAT. Prime 2 isn't any, it's nowhere near in the, the conversation. The GOAT. I think, too, also, it's just Metroid doesn't really fall into, like, Nintendo's brand, you know? Like, think about when Nintendo yeah. puts out, like, their yearly calendars or whatever, and they put all their, like, characters in front of it, and they have all the Mario characters, and a couple, maybe a Zelda character, like, slips in. They got some Pokemon, they got Kirby, they got Yoshi, all that. Samus is never there. Ridley's not, you know, because it's, it's not the same type of theme and vibe. It doesn't, they're not cartoony. It's, like, more real and, and gruesome and, you know, futuristic that i mean even zelda gets kind of dangerous and kind of weird at times but at the end of the day it's still a pretty more or less tame fantasy world right so like it doesn't really it, you, it's you not... also have with zelda the ability to pull toon link who looks really cute exactly too. yeah you can just use toon link yeah so it's not like congruent with other nintendo properties in fact i can't even think of one except like Star Fox, which is a really at this point a niche nintendo franchise too f-zero which is another niche nintendo franchise uh you know, so I can't really think of any other ones that are within that same paradigm, right? And Nintendo, I don't think, is ever going to break that because they know their bread and butter is that cutesy, fun, and family-friendly kind of character that Samus isn't, Ridley isn't, Kraid isn't, Adam isn't, you know, etc. And they can't drop that. No. They can't drop that identity at all. No matter how hard they try, they just can't. And they tried with Metroid, but everyone was like, well, you know, I'm a teenage boy. I think I'm going to stick with my Xbox and my Halo. Uh, but uh, setting that aside, um, how old were you guys in 2004? I was 11. Okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. How old was I? I was uh, 16. 16. Okay. okay. I was 23. Um, let me ask you. So do you know about I Love Bees? Yes. I know I Love Bees. Okay. So do you know about I Love Beams? I don't know about I Love Beams. Okay, so basically, after, uh, I guess, Microsoft or whoever you want to um, uh, say did right, this. Yeah. Um, yeah, Bungie, right? Uh, whoever they hired for their marketing strategy to make I Love Bees, Nintendo thought it would be so funny <laughs> to do a parody of that. And what they did back in, that, in the day was they purchased a whole bunch of domains that rhymed with i love bees and uh back on the the old old ass uh mdb message board myself and a few of other members there we basically just started brainstorming on everything that rhymed with i love bees and we found 31 of them and there's actually a log on our website still on our in our archive of all these domains and basically when you would go to the domain you would uh it would just be a black screen with a picture of samus's face and it says never send a man to do a woman's job <laughs> i think that's what it said and it was like they were just poking fun of they were poking fun of high love bees and halo 2 and it was it was lost on most people because no one really cared. No one except, you know, this little niche audience in the Metroid uh, message board, the Metroid database message board. But, I mean, it was fun for us, and we thought it was hilarious and great. But most people were just like, I don't care. This is dumb. This is Nintendo. I, I just silly. looked up what this is. This is wild. I had never heard of this. Yeah. Yeah, that's... <laughs> I'm going to take us to the third moment in my time where i'm just like man i think nintendo could have made metroid a big deal here and they also squandered it and this actually kind of takes place around the same time as uh they dropped the ball with with prime and prime 2 but i also thought that this was also like significant enough to just work you know warrant its own entry into my list here do you remember in uh what was it 2004 2005 when the nintendo ds came out yeah, I love the DS. How could you forget? That thing went on to sell like millions and millions and millions of units. And anybody that bought a DS in the early days, which was a lot of people, not like the 3DS, which really struggled out of the gate, was was gifted a demo of Metroid Prime for Hunter's First Hunt, 
which was kind of like this cool little little you know like basically just a demo of what you could expect when metroid prime hunters actually went out and released you know a lot of people got it they were exposed to metroid it wasn't very long but it looked pretty cool and uh that's that's a time when it's like oh you know great i can't wait to i can't wait to play this this game on my new nintendo ds like i'm gonna go over to walmart and i'm gonna come to pick it up and and you know i'm now i have something to play however Metroid Prime Hunters did not come out until, what is it, March of 2006. So you had this demo that millions of people have in their Nintendo DSs. And the game isn't even available to purchase for like another year and a half. Like, what? That's crazy. And, and not like, to mention I, the I, hardware. I kind of understand. There was different hardware iterations. I think that didn't the DS Lite come out before Hunters came out? Like they changed hardware, right? Uh, well, like you have to look it, look it at was, that. On it was me. just it was wild. It's like why release this demo with the DSs if you have no plan of, of following up on it? Like right. that could be, you know, that could be as big or maybe bigger than including Samus and Super Smash Bros. So actually, Metroid Prime Hunters came out in March of 2006 the ds Lite came out in june of 2006 so still very close oh, it, it was only months <laughs> out so not only was it a month out but it didn't even come out to be take advantage of the ds lights yes you know extra features and and like i'm playing hunters right now and you know it's Put i think hands. even even if they would have um even if they would have had it ready for release there i i don't know that that was like the best representation of everything that metroid is I, and, I love and i'm not game. saying it's a bad game I i'm not saying it's game. a bad game i i it's just it's not like super metroidy though you know what you're i mean a, you're you're a 2d metroid guy that's the thing is that for yeah. me i love the first person metroids so and i also love the fact that that was the first time i felt when i played metroid that the world was really expanding a lot you know, you had all these different characters coming in and all that. I love that about Hunters. I think the problem with Hunters, which is the problem for really any kind of FPS game on Nintendo systems, is that you don't buy Nintendo systems to play FPS games. And FPS players don't own Nintendo games a lot of the time or Nintendo systems a lot of the time, especially back then. Nowadays, it's a little more common. You see people, they have a PC and a Switch or something like that because a lot of the games they could play on like an Xbox or PS4 comes out on their PC. You can only play certain games on your switch you can play everything else on your pc but back then there wasn't as much crossover a lot of people who played pc games kind of just played pc games and if you played console and you played fps games if you weren't playing on your pc playing fps games and you were a console player you were playing fps on your xbox or your p you know your xbox most likely maybe yeah, your you know, sure. your playstation you definitely didn't own a nintendo system and then you play hunters and the ds is not set up for an fps game very well you know it, you know so it, it doesn't no. make for a great experience so even though I kind of got over that because I still wanted to play a Metroid game, and a lot of people kind of saw past it and made, you know, enjoyed it for what it was, I don't think Nintendo systems are really ever going to be the home of the type of game that Metroid Prime is. Maybe the 2D game separately, sure, but Metroid Prime in and of itself, I didn't think that's why Hunters maybe came out so far after the D, you know, after First Hunt came out because maybe they couldn't figure out how to really make it work. Maybe they weren't happy with it. Maybe they realized that there wasn't an audience for it, so they didn't really you know, rush it out. They took their time. Maybe they didn't care, which seems to be the case. You know, it's a spinoff. It's Metroid. It's not their huge sellers, whatever. I think there are a lot of things that came into it. But at the end of the day, like it was a game not really made for a system that really wasn't super compatible with that kind of genre. And I think that's probably right. why, like, because I remember first hunt, like it was on the DS, but like it wasn't like a big, huge deal or anything. I thought it was, people thought it was cool. I remember, I remember, excuse me, awesome. But um, you know, I don't remember anyone ever talking about it as this crazy big deal or anything. It was like, oh yeah, that's cool, little demo, of Samus. So that's, you know, but it wasn't like making waves, and I think Nintendo kind of knew that, and it's probably why Hunters came out two years later. You know, a couple months before the DS Lite. And and so that's what I mean. Like it's it's an interesting conundrum there because it's like damned if you do, damned if you don't. It's mm -hmm. you know damned if you don't because you can't even play this game that a lot of people might have been like, oh sweet, like it's. If this looks cool, I'm going to go buy it. But even if you could, it's just like you're not playing to the system's strengths, exactly. which is another weird choice. Actually, I actually think that like the Nintendo DS in terms of quality, like first party Nintendo titles is probably the weakest Nintendo system, like major Nintendo system that they've ever done. But that's that's a discussion for another day. Um, so that one really stood out to me. 
as being like a chance where Nintendo kind of could have done something really cool to expose Metroid to a lot of new people, and they didn't. Mm-hmm. And I, it's funny that you say like they just don't get first-person shooters because while not exactly the same, another franchise that Nintendo has created that had, I would say has reached that mega franchise status status is Splatoon. And Nintendo was like all in on Splatoon. Like there's plushies, merchandise. I mean, the game sold like 5 million copies on the Wii U for heaven's sakes. And and it's like, again, it's like, man, if, if Metroid could get a little bit of this shine, like who knows where we would be. Imagine if they got the Splatoon treatment after Prime 1 came out. Like we could be talking about a whole different conversation. And it, it you know, it's just, it doesn't help that again, you go so many years without an actual game being released. Um, so, I mean, those are the three big ones that I kind of identified in my timeline here of, like, times where Nintendo could have made Metroid into, like, one of its premier series and kind of, you know, it, it scratched that other itch that people have for a more mature, more kind of a sci-fi take that a lot of their other series don't really get into. Um, let's talk about the million-dollar question here, you know... We've seen Metroid pop up uh, in Smash a lot more. There's Ridley, there's Dark Samus, um, you know, there's a couple, there's lots of, of cool things going on there. We know that Prime 4 is coming. Is there a chance, again, for Metroid to be elevated and kind of given that push? Or do you think it's just going to be another thing of like, this is this is how Metroid is. It's never going to get past this certain level and you know, this is, we're just going to have to accept that as Metro Advance. Or, you know, we've seen a lot of games come out on the Switch and have their best-selling releases ever, like Fire Emblem and uh, Xenoblade. Like, those those are franchises that have seen really great numbers because they're on the Switch. Do we think that, like, Prime 4 has that chance? Or, you know, is it just kind of going to be the same old, same old? Well, I think that the Switch's market um, and just the owner, the user base is probably way, way better than anything that they could have hoped for, especially on the Wii U, the Wii, the GameCube, so on and so forth. Um, So they have that going for them. Um, Of course, there is just a ridiculous amount of hype going on about it now, um, especially after the big delay announcement. So I, I have hopes, but, you know, I'm not holding my breath. I really am not. If... If the past, if we're to look at the past and say, hey, look how Nintendo has handled the Metroid franchise for the last 34 years, how are they going to change? You know, <laughs> you know, how are they going to change? They're probably not. Uh, just, just looking at merch, you know, let's just take a quick look at merch real quick. So if, if I remember correctly, it took them like, oh, I don't know. 15 or more years, maybe longer, to create just a Samus action figure? Like, are you kidding me? So it took you it took you this long to give people an action figure for the main character of your game, and then further past that, you're not making t-shirts, you're not making, uh, you know, any kind of merch, posters, anything, really. Uh, that would promote your franchise. Nowadays, we, we're lucky to get like a controller that has the S logo on it, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's it's very frustrating. But if they continue down that path, just like not show, putting a lot of resources just in the merchandise category towards Metroid, then no, you're not gonna you're not gonna really get people interested in it and it's just gonna stay niche. That's that's how I look at it. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's really all up to if Nintendo really wants to do it. Like, Nintendo could easily pump a ton of money into a huge advertising campaign. They could put a lot more money into, like, really fine-tuning the game and getting it out maybe sooner or adding more features or, you know, making the online experience more robust. They could make the advertising and marketing just exponentially huger, but... They're probably not going to, you know, they they probably won't, which which sucks. Um, I don't, if anything, if it's going to happen, it probably won't be with Metroid Prime 4. Um, but, 
you know, I, w- I really love that. I really wish they would. Again, if, if they didn't do it when, like, the Halo series was huge and they literally could have just piggybacked off of that, like, they didn't even have to do that much work back then. They could just copy and paste, and they didn't even do it then. I don't know. Like, I just – I don't think – it's it's not even about, like, whether it's physically possible. I think we all know it is. Nintendo's sitting on, like, I don't know, some crazy, like, planet-sized amount of money or whatever it is, or they have the, the ability to do it. But they're not going to because it's not their vision. That's not what they want. Like, that's not where they want to put their resources. Uh, you know, the systems they make don't really cater to that kind of game. They don't. And, and, and to really get everybody behind modern Metroid, they don't have to just push the brand. They got to everybody have way more people fall in love with the characters, the places, the instances, the memorable moments. Those are all huge things that, like, grow a fan base that Nintendo doesn't push either. They, they barely push the name of the game, let alone, like, all the important characters and all that kind of stuff. So it's, like, a multifolded, mm. th- a multifaceted thing that Nintendo just doesn't do, that just don't want to do. And I don't think that they're going to do it either. I really wish they would. I wish they would just take Metroid Prime 4, take, you know, take it by the horns and really put out something crazy that just launches Metroid. And they could do it. I really, really, really doubt it, though. But I have hope because what they could do is go the Fire Emblem route. They anime the hell out of Metroid, and they add the waifus. They add the anime. They add the ads. <laughs> oh, God. Yes. Guys, this is the future of Metroid, okay? This is how oh, you Oh, hold on. If you were you against grow. Zero Suit Samus game, no, 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 shame no, on no, you. No, 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 no. <laughs> Run the tapes. If you go back to that episode, I said I wasn't against that. I said it has to make sense chronologically, story-wise, and if there are other traditional Metro games I can play at the same time. You want to make a Zero Suit Samus game? You want to make 15 of them? I don't care as long as I can play that other stuff and all of that is all good and it makes sense in the story. That being said, if you want to make ridley a waifu you want to add adam a husbando you want to all these waifus and you make it anime as hell and that's how you get people into metroid at the end of the day maybe you got to bite the bullet maybe that's what has to happen and i for one if it gets more people to play metroid yes i'll have a teacup date with Craid outside in the meadow i will do it i will marry a random galactic federation soldier i will do it because that is what gets the people into the stores. That's what gets people onto the eShop to buy the games. Well, what you're describing, uh, there's actually a term for what you're describing. It's called jumping the shark. Yes, jump that shark, do it. <laughs> it's weird, though. We're we're in this weird position. Of course, you know, no one can predict or think about how Nintendo thinks about their own games. But I do have some theories, um, if you want to hear them. Sure. <laughs> okay. Let's do it. So it's this is probably going to be kind of weird, a weird path, but I look at it as this. Um Nintendo is embarrassed of Metroid. And the reason that they feel that way is because it's too derivative. It's too derivative. It's based on Alien. Uh you can you can, you know, spot exact uh, examples of how Metroid just like flat out copied mm-hmm. <laughs> Alien, you know, not to mention that there's a character based off the director, right? And it doesn't end there though. It's so crazy. Like there's um there's samples from Godzilla in Met- in Super Metroid, like Kraid's Roar and Fantoon. They're sampled from Godzilla. And there's other things in the games that are just, like, directly taken from other media. So I feel like Nintendo has kind of tried to distance themselves from from Metroid, like, maybe, um, what's the word, uh, unintentionally, you know? Um, maybe because they feel like it's unoriginal, you know? Or it's not 100% they can get behind, have I, have no, I blown your no, mind I, yet? I, I think you're actually like kind of spot on there. I really do think you are. Because like when you think of like other Nintendo franchises and how they approach like, you know, what's Nintendo's twist on it, right? Like at the end of the day, Zelda's still like a pretty bait. Like it, it might not be like the most original thing, but it's a fantasy story that doesn't necessarily take from like one direct fantasy story, right? It's kind of its own um thing that's built on all these different tropes of that franchise you know mario is this kind of like 
under you know underdog hero that's just a generic underdog hero pokemon's like a generic kind of feel good playing with animals kind of thing but you're right metroid isn't like a more you know broad sci-fi kind of game it is directly inspired by something specific that they didn't make you know and you went there's there's a lot to unpack yeah here. no i think you're um, i think you're definitely spot on that's a good way of looking at it i think you might be right let's let's go back i'm gonna i'm gonna unpack some things that you said and i'm gonna give kind of my my analysis on uh the ending question here um it's funny that you brought up fire emblem and i'm glad you did because i i had written down three franchises you want the waifus Nintendo too don't given you the push to. <laughs> i know you do i know you do you Andy. Know, who doesn't want I mean, waifus? I know how much you like Kraid. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say no to a tea date with Samus. I'll tell you uh, that. Yeah. <laughs> but like, so obviously the third franchise I've written down. I've written down Animal Crossing, Splatoon, and Fire Emblem because right now Fire Emblem is getting the push. Since Fire Emblem Awakening came out in 2013, that franchise has given the push. That franchise is pretty much neck and neck in sales with Metroid. However, you look at Fire Emblem. It's got a mobile game. It's got like a dozen amiibos. It's got like eight guys in Smash. It's got merch. It's got plushies. It's got like lots of stuff, right? So that is because, and that kind of goes back. I actually don't think that Nintendo is embarrassed of Metroid. I think that like you look at a lot of things and you can kind of see like you could make the case that like Zelda borrows Lord of the Ring fantasy elements, or like you could make the case that like you know a lot of series borrow a lot of things from other things. So it's not that I think that they're embarrassed even though, you know, obviously it's more of a direct lift from things like Alien, I just don't think they get it. Like, I truly don't think they understand, like, what the appeal of Metroid is. I think that they're just like, why does anyone care about, like, aliens in space and, like, the these mech-looking things or whatever? Like, but they understand Fire Emblem. They understand, like, the anime protagonist. They understand swords and magic and spells and stuff. And that's why that series gets the push, even though it doesn't sell really exponentially better than than metroid in fact on a per game basis it doesn't sell better at all but they understand it so that's why it gets the push yeah you know, um i i'm with yeah. you guys i'm with you guys in the sense that like do i think that prime 4 is going to be like the the elevation of metroid into the mega franchise no but it could be if certain things happen which probably unlikely but they could happen um i think the delay has already hurt that chance because even though like we kind of talked about it last week but like you know, on one hand, you have more of an install base. You have more Switches sold when your game gets delayed. But, like, on the other hand, there's kind of this weird thing with Nintendo where, like, the later you are in their console life, the worse your game does. And we, we kind of looked at Skyward Sword and other M as examples of that. But, so that kind of hurt. But, like, I feel like if we get a Metroid game this year, in 2020, and it's, like, even just, like, the Prime Trilogy, that could be a step. If we get super metroid remake or something like that next year 2021 for the switch that could be a step and then if like we get metroid prime 4 in 2022 and there's like there's the puzzles there's like a whole schwack of amiibo there's like there's all this this cool stuff uh, you could potentially and if that game sells exponentially well because it's on the switch by that point we have like you know 70 million switches or however many we have um if if all of those stars line up and if Nintendo is all in on Metroid, that could happen. And I have I don't know, maybe I'm just like wishing blindly here and I'm just like an optimist, but I, I think it has a chance. Cause like, you know, kind of like we've been talking about the last couple of years, like Ridley main evented E3. He was like the last big reveal on E3 that one year for Smash. Um, you know, they they did release some amiibo for Sam's Returns. Um, even though that game kind of got <laughs> the short stick being promoted, there's, you know, there was, there was a puzzle that they released to GameStop with, uh, Samus Return. So like, at least they're, I don't know, showing some signs of life with Metroid. I'm not, I'm not holding my breath, but I, I don't think it's like impossible. Well, just pointing that, um, the amount of merch that we have now compared to what we did have, it's been a very, very slow trickle, um, I, you know, I'm not saying we need to look a gift horse in the mouth here or anything, but I think it's too little too late. You know, it's to uh, yeah, me. I mean, it definitely to, could be. And they just, they kept, they just never made enough for us. And we didn't get a met, an actual Metroid until what, like the last five years, like the, the world of Nintendo Metroid. And they they just never really cared 
to make really interesting, fun, cool merch to market to teenage boys, which is the main demographic of Metroid, I would say. Um, and again, they're just dropping the ball. But setting that aside real quick, and I'm not trying to place blame here, but we also have to consider the two people that have directed the Metroid franchise in the last, you know, since its existence. So there's Sakamoto and there's Tanabe. And each each one of these men have had different ways of directing the series. Mm -hmm. But we also have to think how much influence did they have over actually marketing the game? You know, do they just make a game and say, okay, here you go, Nintendo, do what you want with it. Give it to the marketing team. Let's see. Or do they actually say, you know what? Okay, here, here's this game that I pined over for the last, you know, five years or whatever. And this is what it's about. You need to, you know, you need to do point out this, 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 and this to get people interested. And they fail every time. They fail. It's it's very frustrating. I would be willing to bet my World of Nintendo Metroid figure that it was the former, and they're done the game, and they're like, okay, here you go. Uh, push it out. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, that's uh, it's a very interesting discussion, and I I hope that we're all wrong. I hope that Prime 4 you know, takes Metroid into the stratosphere, and we see a ton of different Metroid stuff uh, hitting the shelves, merchandise, commercials. Man, give me that... Give me that movie theater commercial again. That You know you're big time when you get a movie theater commercial. Um, that was so cool. Um, Ryan, thank you so much for joining us this week. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure that we'll have you on again uh, in the coming weeks here. But uh, it was a real pleasure talking with you. Yeah, likewise, guys. Um, I feel like we could probably, you know, like have a part two of this subject matter. There's like so much more to talk about, especially with, <laughs> you know, the, the Federation Force years, yeah. you know, another M. Oh, the there's, there's so many things. Yeah, exactly. So, you yeah, know, it's, I would... it's kind of funny because almost after each episode, Dak and I chat for a little bit and we're just like, man, I th we could keep going. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you could, if I'd be happy to come back anytime you want. I really appreciate you having me. Yeah, man, it was great chatting with you. It's always, I mean, having another person who knows a lot about Metroid and let's talk about it, I think, is even better. And I think we had a really solid conversation. I'm glad you're able to take some time to chat with us. And we've got a good topic, too. Absolutely. Um, and, of course, uh, you know, if you need Metroid news, uh, if you need Metroid memes, if you need Metroid content, Metroid database is where you want to go. Um, they're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all of that. Check them out. They've been doing this for God over 24 years. So you know, if you're not if you're not following Metro Database, make sure that you are. And of course, we want you to follow us as well at Omega Metroid Pod. And uh, Dak, I'm looking forward to this this Q and A show that we're gonna drop. We do a couple of these over on the Zelda podcast, and they're always really fun. So I'm I'm really looking forward to doing that from a Metroid perspective. Absolutely, yeah. I um, I can't wait to do it. I can't wait to do some more episodes. I'm glad that people have a lot of good you know feedback and responses and are engaging with us. So uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, and, and you know, thank you to all of the people that uh, that quoted our tweet saying that if we get to 100 followers, we'll, uh, we'll do a bonus show and said, you know, lots of good things. Uh, make sure you give them a follow. We really appreciate that. Um, so, yeah, give us a follow. We are over on Twitter at Omega Metro Pod. I am at Spateri316. Dak is at The Rapture underscore. And, uh, of course, Metro Database is at Metro Database. So, um, check us all out over there. And we want you to check us out on Podbean and uh, iTunes, wherever you get your uh, podcasts, like and subscribe, leave us a five-star review if you think that we've earned it, and the biggest thing you can do for this show, tell a Metroid fan in your life about the Omega Metroid pod, where they can get their fix. Uh, that's going to do it for us. Until next time, guys, have a happy holiday, and we will see you then.